We preview the game, CFP rankings, and Michigan really, really freaking sucks. All that and more next on Dot in the Eye with Davis and Chad. up Buckeye Nation. Welcome to Dot in the Eye with Davis and Chad. This is episode 37 and it is rivalry week, baby. If you are not excited this week to play some football, then you better check your pulse. We got the team up north this week. We got new CFP rankings and I am pumped up. I've been waiting all week to talk about this right here. As a matter of fact, not even all week. I've been waiting two years to talk about this right here. What do you say, Davis? Yeah, dude, I'm in the same boat. First of all, try to say rivalry week three times real fast. But seriously, I mean, last year, as many of you know, we started our podcast. We got this thing off the ground in a COVID year where we weren't even sure we're going to have a season. We had the season. We had a team that Ryan Day promised to put up 100 on Michigan, and we're psyched and excited for this game, knowing it's that one extra win we needed to get to the Big Ten championship game, and we feel like we got ducked. Now, whether that was true or not, I mean, obviously, I don't think they really ducked us. I don't think they actually could. But that's just adding fuel to the fire because of the rivalry. So we go ahead and accuse that of them anyways. But this is our first ever Ohio State-Michigan uh, preview. And it just feels almost surreal. Like I get goosebumps just thinking about it because me and you, we've grown up. We've watched this game together more than any other game. And it just has this special aura about it that it can't be matched by anything else. I mean, there's not like a, a Super Bowl or a World Series or anything ever that can match to an Ohio State-Michigan game. Dude, I totally agree. And I want to put it on the record here that Davis and I have watched the Michigan game together for, God, I don't even know how many years now in a row. Enough to where I can't even remember us not watching the Michigan game together. It's been, so it's would- been 20 plus years. Yeah, so I would like to totally put this out there that if we lose this game, since he's breaking tradition this year, I fully believe that it's his fault. Now, it's not my – listen, the tradition, it wasn't just broke this year. If you remember when my first son was born, you know, he was born Thanksgiving week, so I didn't get to come up that time, and we won. So So what you're saying is that you're a habitual tradition breaker. That's what I'm understanding. I need my wife to stop getting pregnant in the spring so that way we're not having the baby during football season. Well, I can tell you how to stop that, but I don't know that you're going to be interested. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know if I'm going to like the answer you're going to yeah. give me. I have to do what? <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> oh, man. Well, hey, we got a lot to talk about as far as Michigan goes. But before we jump into that, because I'm sure that's going to be the bulk of our of our episode today, we definitely want to talk about the CFP rankings that came out this week on Tuesday and just like we suspected, or at least we thought was deserving. I don't know if I go expect I'm it. shocked. I go, I'll be honest. I'm a little bit shocked, to be yeah, honest. Oh, with yeah, oh, yeah. But, so, it actually went uh, Georgia, Ohio State, Alabama, Cincinnati, Michigan, Notre Dame. So, number one, I'm super pumped because of what it sets up for this rivalry game we got going on. You know, basically, you win, you're in, you lose, you're out. And if that isn't the tall tale of Michigan and Ohio State through history, I don't know what is. 
Right. And I think it definitely helps to set up the matchup being a top five matchup with the two and the five, because I know Michigan obviously jumped up with the Oregon loss. But I at least want to say this, and I know it's up for debate, but I think getting the number two ranking already is a lot more important than people realize. There's probably the majority of people out there thinking, oh, that's great and all. But, you know, Georgia still has to play Alabama. If Alabama wins, they're automatically going to be the number one seed. I say bullcrap, because I want you to think about this. If at this point we're already number two over Alabama. If we happen to come out and we beat number five Michigan and say we beat them handily, that's already going to be viewed 10 times better than them playing an unranked Auburn, okay, regardless of what they do. So that's going to be another leg up. And then we're going to play most likely almost a top 10 Wisconsin at that point. We're assuming Wisconsin will beat Minnesota this weekend. And they're going to have one of the top defenses in the country. And if we handle our business there too, regardless of what they do to Georgia, unless they blow Georgia out, how can you really make a legitimate argument, in my opinion, that Alabama should jump back over top? Because then that's going to give Ohio State, I believe, their first ever number one seed rank in the CFP. And it could be potentially a big deal when it comes to who you may face. I mean, I don't know. I, I'm just saying it's it's not just some moot thing. you know. And I understand for you it was more based on principle. You don't care who we play. But I think it's a lot more important if you really read between the lines because, you know, if we take care of business the next two weeks, it very well may completely change what semifinal game we play in, the complete we, location. From two to one, it's a completely dude. different location. I want it to be that way. I want to play Georgia and Alabama, and I'm not interested in playing anybody else, to be totally honest with you. But you know what? If we get to be the number one seed, we will because you'd have to assume if Alabama beats Georgia – they're not going to rematch Alabama and Georgia and keep them at two and three. They probably put Alabama two and Georgia at four. So if we move to the one hole, then we play Georgia with us being the home team and we get, you know, the priority on location. While I agree, I want to think in the back of my head that they're not going to be strategically thinking about that while making the rankings. I want to believe they sh- that. Yeah, of course not. But you mean to sit there and tell me that if Alabama and Georgia are one and three and then they beat Georgia, do you think they're going to put Georgia still in front of Cincinnati or still in front of the one loss big 12 or possibly Notre Dame or something like that. Here's the thing. I'll tell you why I think, I think Alabama will jump us if they beat Georgia. I'm just being honest. And I I think think they will too. I'm just saying it shouldn't just be a locked like, okay, Hey, you beat the number one team. That's it. But I think Mm -hmm. you have to remember that. I think the main thing that's catapulted us above Alabama because nothing's changed was a Oregon's loss and B our gigantic win over a top 10 team. Well, they're going to have the best win you can have coming into the last week. So while I wanted credit for our win, I also have to give them credit for theirs. So yeah, but I, I think it's how it. they look in that win too. If well, it's a sh- if it's a shootout like 48-45 or if it, or if they come out and win like 38-14. That 38-14 is going to look a lot more impressive than that 48-45, wouldn't you agree? I but I think that 48-45 is more yeah. likely. I think that 48-45 score is more likely in that game because Alabama has shown to give up a lot of points this year and later in the year, too. And even though I know they can score a lot, I mean, it would look good that they're scoring that much in Georgia. But at the same time, I think they're going to give up points to Georgia. So right. I'm seeing that game being more of that uh, shootout. And Let me ask you this real quick because I've been saving this. Uh, I've been saving this question. Do you think, okay, now they put Cincinnati at four, and I think that's kind of a – a conundrum a little bit mm-hmm. because there's a lot of things that can happen here in the last couple of weeks that can jockey that around. My question is, do you think that if Cincinnati stays undefeated, Notre Dame has any chance of getting in? 
No. Notre Dame doesn't, and here's why. Not only is it the head-to-head, but Notre Dame's done after the game today. So they're already ranked behind Cincinnati, correct? Yeah, they're in Michigan, which, but, you know, one of us okay. in Michigan has to lose, so we're right. one so, of us So they're behind as of this point, right? So let's look at the rest of the data points, then, that the CFP would be looking at. You know, Cincinnati is ranked ahead of uh, Notre Dame, okay, by two spots, even though I know, you know, a possible Michigan loss. We'll remove them out, and they'd be right behind them. So the head-to-head is still important, but you look at the data points, okay? Is there a way that Notre Dame could climb back over? Well, Notre Dame has one game left, and that's against a 3-8 and eight Stanford team. Cincinnati has two games left, and one of them would be potentially against a ranked Houston team. At what point, if Cincinnati wins out two more games to one, and one of them being ranked to the other one being one of the worst teams in the Pac-12 this year, where's the data point in there that would give Notre Dame the nod? And I still don't think it's going to be enough to climb over top as long as Cincinnati takes care of business. There's only one team that I think has the potential to jump Cincinnati, and that's Oklahoma State. And let me explain why. Is because Oklahoma State is obviously going to be facing a top 10 team in Oklahoma. And if they beat them, they get to go to the Big 12 championship against another top 10 team in uh, Baylor. If they win that, they are a one-loss conference champ that won back-to-back top 10 uh, matchups at the end of the season. And again, it also they're going to need a little bit of style points when they do this too. I don't think Oklahoma can do enough just because of how poorly they've been ranked this entire time. They've been the worst-ranked unbeaten team until they got beaten. They've been the worst-ranked one-loss team. Uh, I don't think they can do enough because they would have to beat Oklahoma State back-to-back. And if they do that, then maybe some people are thinking Oklahoma State might have been a little bit overrated. I don't know. But I'm saying Oklahoma State's the only one I think that could possibly jump Cincinnati. So if you had to give me right now, give me your four. Give me your prediction right now for the end of the year. We're in the rivalry week. Here, I got it. That was twice. There was. <laughs> we get a rivalry week. Rivalry week. Rivalry uh, week. So give me, give me right now your prediction for the end of the year. Where are we sitting when the final CFP comes out? What's your prediction? Man, it's tough because I'll be honest, you know, these are super big matchups, and I'm not going to sit here and be uber confident and say we're just going to smoke Michigan and then breeze our way through the Big Ten championship game because, you know what, these are two tough teams we're getting ready to play. Um, but statistically speaking, and I guess based on history, you got to go chalk here, right? you got to go well, who do, who's typically been more in these situations that's taking care of business, and it's Ohio State winning out. I think it's Bama beating Georgia is more realistic, in my opinion. Um, I think Cincinnati is going to finish the deal this year. So I think it's going to be one Bama, two Ohio State, three Georgia, four Cincinnati. I think that's probably the most realistic. I think, to me, it's going to come down to... I'm the same as you, but I think it to me it's going to come down to Oklahoma State and Georgia. And I would love to actually do an episode, even though we're an Ohio State podcast, where if... Alabama does beat Georgia. We actually break down just like we did with Ohio State and Alabama, the matchups, uh, you know, all the intangibles between Oklahoma State and Georgia and see who we would put in before they put the ranking out. Because I'm oh, telling I think you, that's definitely something we could, we should do in an episode. I mean, there'd be a lot of people interested to kind of, you know, hear some of that stuff as well. The problem is once those uh, games are done. Are you talking about after the matchups might already be fixed? Because as soon as championship um, Saturday is done, Sunday at noon is when they come out with the final four. So there's no time to do an episode and assume. Maybe you know we'll just I mean? post it on Facebook. 
something. Yeah, something like that. Because, I mean, you, you know what I'm talking about. Like, literally by noon the next day, because that's when they work all through the night to try to debate and come up with the Final Four, and then on Sunday they release it. I, I just I, – I think the conversation would be uh, a good one to have uh, about a one-loss Georgia and a one-loss Oklahoma State that's beat a few top 15 teams in the last couple of weeks of the season. I think that would be a good conversation to have because I've told you before, I've said it a hundred times in this podcast, I'm not sold on Georgia. I don't think, while I do deserve, I do believe they do deserve to be number one in the country, they don't scare me. They right. don't. I think they're very vanilla on offense. I think Alabama is going to beat them. I think they are a better overall team than Georgia. I think we are an overall team that's better than Georgia. I really do. I really don't see, I, re, I just really don't see them winning this whole thing out. I think they've been lucky. I don't think their schedule's been that tough. I think there's a lot of things that factor into it, and I think their true colors are getting ready to get shown. So, Well, I, I will at least give Georgia credit in this, is that their defense has been stupid good. I know they haven't played the best offenses. I mean, their best win at the time was probably against uh, Clemson. You know, if we really think back, I mean, Clemson's kind of come on late. Um, but really, I mean, what they do, they scored 10 points in that game, and seven of it was on a defensive score. So they didn't do anything on Clemson. Now, that's that's like first game of the year, you know, and it's kind of hard to base because everyone's a different team by this time. But if you really look, I mean, besides Clemson being ranked now, I don't think there's another team they played and beat that is currently ranked. I agree with you. I think they're a little overrated in the fact that everyone just assumes they're the most dominant team in college football. But I think people are starting to open their eyes a little bit to teams like Ohio State and understand that, you know, it's still Alabama. They still have Nick Saban, and Nick Saban has owned Georgia. So I don't know if I see anything different happening there. And, you know, I don't know. I'm not, I've learned a long time ago to not specifically root for one team over the other sometimes because sometimes that ends up burning you. So I'm just looking forward to when that matchup happens. I will definitely be glued to it because I'll be very interested to watch it. Okay. I, I always think to myself, okay, Georgia's number one because they're undefeated. Got it. Let's throw a loss on them. I don't even care who it's to. Throw a loss on Georgia right now. Then try to compare them to all the other one-loss teams. To me, they don't even make like the top three or four. Uh, That's just me. I, I think they're four with a with a one loss. I mean, it's I think, it's, I think they, it's close to me. I think they're four or maybe three. I still don't. I don't think they'd put a Cincinnati above a one-loss SEC team. I just they they're too prideful to do that. And that's it. But I'm telling you, Georgia has played nobody. Sorry. And the they thing that haven't. pisses me off about this thing too, and I know they've gone through unscathed at this point. But here's my opinion, and I know it's going to fall on deaf ears, but let's say that Georgia gets absolutely donkey spanked against Alabama, right? Ooh, donkey spanked? I don't know. There's a bunch of words I wanted to say. (laughs) I just felt like saying donkey spanked for some reason, right? (laughs) So let's just say, I'm not even going to throw a score out there, but you know what I'm saying. Like almost not as bad as like what Ohio State did Michigan State, but you know, just a, a thromping, right? Yeah. Is there potential they could drop them completely out? Because I almost find it almost embarrassing that they're already assumed to be in no matter what happens. They could maybe lose that game 80 to nothing and they're still going to get in. How is that? How that shouldn't happen? Because then you want to compare their one loss to these other teams. I think if they lose horribly, then you should realistically put them up against one loss conference champs and see, okay, what's your worst loss? What's pretty, your best win? Here's that. my thing. It's been pretty apparent for the entire year that teams that end up getting beat pretty decently, um, you know, like Michigan State, like all these other teams, you know, tend to drop five to six rankings when they lose. That's about the status quo. Now, there's been a couple teams that have dropped three when it hasn't been like as bad. 
But I'm saying generally I would say five is a good number about where you're dropping if you lose. And I think the same should apply for Georgia. I don't think just yeah. if they get throttled by Alabama, if you really look at their schedule other than a mediocre Clemson team, who have they really beat? And the answer is nobody. They've hung their hat on a really good defense all year and a very vanilla offense. And yeah. I don't think that's good enough to keep them hanging around to me. When you look at a team like Oklahoma State that will have a couple of couple of wins here late in the season, and you look at Cincinnati that's won all their games, you know, and they at that point would have a better win. Cincinnati has a better win. I, yeah, dude, I can't argue with you there. And I agree. It's just – once once the committee and I guess the general public kind of starts feeling the way about a certain team, it's really hard to get them off of that, uh, which is why I think it's really surprising. This is probably the first time it's ever happened. Alabama has won a game against a ranked team and they dropped a spot. So I want you to just kind of take that in and see that that's the first time I think ever in the history of the CFP that not only has that happened, but I think they finally opened their eyes and gave benefit to something that already should have been addressed earlier on, but finally got noticed. I think like, they had to. I think, or they else there been because, anarchy at that point. You yeah, think they because, did it because of pressure of coming down on them because everyone else was kind of saying it, or was it really them thinking that? Dude, so many times I've told you this: the media drives everything, and if you think they're not reading and listening to this stuff, they are. And when national people are saying, you know, now some of them were saying the opposite, but I'm saying a lot of them were saying that they felt Ohio State was number two. The AP comes out Ohio State's number two. Mm-hmm. That's another another bullet point. My point is they're taking all this stuff into consideration, and I think they felt like they had to. I they agree. had to. I agree, man. I, I'm on the same boat, and right, wrong, or indifferent, um, it's still the first time that's ever happened. So, I mean, it could have been a mistake in the fact that it lights a fire underneath Alabama, and they use that as motivation to just, like, go stupid the rest of the year. Um, I worry it could maybe make Ohio State feel a little cocky coming into the next couple games. You know, I, I th- almost find a benefit. Maybe had we been left at three and snubbed a little bit, could have helped us. But needless to say, uh, we got a big game this week that we need to get into. Yeah, not just a game, the game. The game. The freaking game. And, dude, it just seems so odd because we didn't get to play them last year. So we've been waiting two years. Dude, I feel like a kid on Christmas morning. Like, it's finally here. Like, it's time. Like, I'm I'm so ready for red X's everywhere. I'm so ready for, you know, F Michigan everywhere I turn. I'm ready for Jump all that. Jump into the old, tan- old Tangy Lake. Yes, I'm ready, dude. Let's do oh, it. Oh, yeah. So Let's- I want to at least say this before we get into some of our, uh, you know, we'll talk stats and we'll talk matchups and some stuff like that. But every year— this is the only time in the year where me and Chad flip flop on our attitudes towards the Buckeyes. And I'm usually optimistic and glass half full and all this stuff. We get to this week and my stomach is in knots. I am terrified. I am worried. Uh, I don't I can't explain it. I don't know what it is. But you come into this week fired up thinking so much better of the result. And I'm the one that's usually the negative Nancy. I agree, dude, and it's, it's – I'll tell you what it is. It's the oddest thing because all year long, dude, you know I worry about everybody we play. Like, God, I don't know, you know, every 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 single week. But during this week, for some reason, dude, I get jacked up, energized. Like I've been freaking, you know, Matt Foley in the basement drinking coffee all day long. You know what I mean? I'm like, let's freaking <laughs> yeah. do this thing. I flip the yeah. couch over. I come upstairs, and I'm like, we're going to kick your ass, and that's what I think. What, you know, coming into it, and I've I've always been that way, man. Even even in years when we lost, I've always been like, we're you know we're kicking somebody's ass today. That's it, you know. And I don't know why, man. It's just a mindset that I think it's almost like I feel like I have to have it. 
Like, I feel like if I start wishy-washing a little bit, then that's when we end up losing. But um, I think it's going to be the same thing this year, dude. I expect it. I'm, I'm pulling out my Michigan uh, paddle, and I'm, I'm ready to instill this on somebody. And it's funny. I'm almost in, under the impression that, man, I don't want to come into this game too cocky and then get shut up, you know. And it's almost like I try to stay as humble as I can. And, you know, listen, I, a lot of this still probably comes from uh, watching that rivalry a lot in the late 80s all the way through the 90s into the very early 2000s where Michigan got the better of us more than we did. And yeah. there's several times, you know, I can think back to the 1995, which is probably my worst Michigan experience, when Tim Bianca Batuka ran for 313 yards against the then number two ranked Ohio State team and took us out of uh, national title contention. And yeah. I've had my heart broken by Michigan more than any other team on a con- more consistent basis. But, they, you know, we play them every year. So, you know, th- this this streak that we're on okay so it's been eight straight games correct i believe yeah um barring what happened last year but i think it was 2011 is the last time we lost and it's almost kind of like you know law of averages right like at some point michigan's gonna pull one out right like we can't keep this streak going on forever and that's in the back yeah, of my head. i mean you're unrealistic to think we're gonna beat them every year for the rest of our lives yeah right so at some point it's gonna happen and what more heartbreaking way would it be knowing that we have the best offense in the country and are pretty much, you know, we went out our next two games, we're a shoe in in a year that we think we could beat possibly any team that would be in the playoff. You know, this would be the heartbreaking year that it could happen. And that's in the back of my head. Yeah. It's kind of like, and, and, and it worries me. And it's like, I know this team. Okay. I know if we can play like we did the last couple of weeks, I think we're going to be fine. I know this team and the fact that, you know, especially the last decade plus, especially since, you know, Jim Trestle came around, you know, after, after uh, coach Cooper left, you know, we've really turned around this rivalry and we treat it differently. And it becomes, you know, part of your preparation from day one. And I think that's one of the biggest things that's helped us, but you know, we've still had in, in this street close games, they went for it on two. Uh, they went for a two point conversion there at the end when they had rich rod as their coach. And almost beat us then. We had that game uh, back in 2017, I believe, when we were both in the top. We were ranked two and three when it took, went to overtime on that, you know, iffy, questionable uh, fourth down run on JT Barrett. Um, you know, there's been close games in this. I know the last couple of years we've kind of blown it open a little bit, but I'm just I'm skeptical and I'm worried. And then you can almost for me throw all the stats out. They don't matter because this is a rivalry game on the road and a handful of these key players have never played there on the road. I think Olave might be the only one that's played there on the road. Well, I think this is where we need to really lean on some of the uh, senior leadership that we have. I know we don't have a lot. We're a younger team. The guys who have been here before really need to step up and take on that role this week. Because, um, you know, like like we, like you just said, man, this game, forget about the stats. Forget about it. Too many times in history has this game meant something, just like it's going to this Saturday. And so many times has it decided Big Ten championships, national championships, you know, Rolls Bowl trips, all that stuff. It's decided so much, dude. And every year somebody's supposed to win. Somebody's always the dominant team. And somehow it cannot end up that way real quick. And we've seen it many times. You know, you talked about your least favorite Ohio State game. Mine was definitely, dude, 1997, man. Charles Woodson. I remember we were ranked in the top three or four and Michigan was ranked just above us. I think we had a loss. They had none. 
And, man, he, he took the game over, man. Ran a pump back for a touchdown, intercepted a pass in the end zone, um, and then set up, like, a, a run play that ended up – we ended up losing the game, man. We lost 2014, and they beat uh, – Michigan went on to beat Washington State in the Rose Bowl and eventually win a national title. And I'm sorry, but there is nothing worse than us losing to Michigan and then them winning a national title. And that is yeah. exactly the situation we're kind of set up for right now. It is. It is. And – that's my hesitation, but if you if you want to look at matchups, and we can talk some matchups here and try to get a little statistical with it to try to see what, what the game plan really needs to look like for an Ohio State win, I think the first and foremost for me, and I think the X factor is, we have got to come out of the gate firing. We have got to score on them early, put them in the same situation like Michigan State, and force them to try to have to abandon the run. I see this, if it remains close, you know, through two, three quarters, they their game plan is to try to eat up the clock, run the ball on us, and when we're on offense, shut us down the red zone. Do the same thing, you know, kind of similar what um, both uh, Nebraska and Penn State kind of did. You know, able to run the ball a little bit, maybe some of the short passes, uh, just maintain drives, and then shut us down on offense. And, you know, this is still probably the best team we've played all year. I mean, I think they're better than Oregon, and I can really see that kind of game plan. If we cannot come out firing, if we are off on the offense at all, I don't know if the defense with it is balanced of an attack as as Michigan has this year. If it's going to be, if the Michigan can, or if our defense can save the day, so I feel like the offense needs to come out firing on all cinders from from the the first snap. I think we're going to see a very similar effort as we did last week. Um, I think that, like you said, they're extremely balanced. Michigan State is a little bit balanced as well. And I think Michigan is similar. And I think, and and I'm going to say the same thing I did last week, dude. We're going to shut this run down. I am not worried at all about their run. We are going to force them to pass. And when that happens, I think that's when we're going to exploit them completely. I'm expecting at least a pick or two um, once we force them to throw the ball a little bit. And, dude, I'm expecting the Buckeyes to have another big game this week. I really am. I, I'm, I'm expecting it. I think this offense um, in this week, the fact that we didn't play them last year, I think is going to factor. I think Ryan Day is going to have this team ready to freaking go, man. And I think they're going to hit the ground running. And I think you're going to see another uh, dominant performance. I don't believe it's going to be quite as dominant as last week, but I still believe that we're going to put uh, we're going to put the wheels to them here. And that's the thing, and I we talked about that after the Michigan State game and even in the podcast, like it's almost going to be unrealistic to expect a similar type of performance. And if you look at it, we got everything we wanted in the passing game, and we even had the running game working as well. And Michigan State has a top 10 pass defense in the country, and obviously Michigan State had the worst in the country. So I'm going to expect that there's going to be more difficulties in the pass game. I don't know if that is a game plan with Ryan Day where we are going to have to work on more matchups or if we're going to have to be more tricky with our formations and some things like that. I know they have a better pass rush than Michigan State. So is that going to be more involved with getting possibly, dare I say, um, C.J. Stroud a little bit more engaged in the running game or getting him rolling out more, which – you know, he's he's shown he's not the best on the run. I'm not saying he's not good, but he's better when he's in the pocket. I, I think we're going to struggle a little bit more with the passing in this game. And I think we're going to have to rely a little bit more on the running game to try to help us out. I don't I'm not expecting for CJ to have a bad day, but it's definitely not going to come easy to him uh, on Saturday. See, I think uh, 
dude, I'm I'm telling you, and we're going right along with our themes here. I think the opposite. I think we are going to run a little bit. I think we'll have in the neighborhood of 160 to 200 yards rushing, and I think we're going to throw the ball all over the freaking field. Cause I'm going to tell you something like this. I'm taking the Booby Miles approach. They ain't never seen something as beautiful as this Booby Miles right here, dude. They ain't <laughs> never seen something this beautiful. All right, they wouldn't even know what to do with it if they seen it. And that's what Chris Olave and Jigba and Wilson are getting ready to show them on Saturday. And I will give you this. This is the best Ohio State passing offense um, not necessarily statistically according to yards, because I think Dwayne Haskins had that, but I mean, he'd throw it 50 times a game. But in regards to how many playmakers you have out there that could break it at any time, um, how good they are at route running, catching a ball, making people miss, keeping their feet in bounds, CJ Stroud really coming into his own and being super accurate uh, and making good choices and reading the defense. This is by far the best passing offense that Ohio State has probably ever had. You know, this is, I wouldn't call Michigan's defense elite. Um, I would call Michigan's defense very good. And I think if we can play up to our standards, we should be scoring over 40 points this game. But again, in this, you know, crazy rivalry, especially on the road, I can see finicky stuff happening. I can see some of these like tip passes turning into picks or a rogue fumble or, you know, a special team score or, you know, just finicky stuff happening that could keep this close and turn in favor of Michigan. Now, again, maybe it's me just being the pessimist um, and thinking that at some point things are going to have to go Michigan's way in this rivalry, but I- I'm a lot more reserved. And when we finally talk about our score predictions, yeah, you'll probably see why. Well, the couple things that worry me are number one, I have heard to the grapevine that Jim Harbaugh is kind of fed up. You know what I mean? He's taking a different approach this year. He's actually pissed off. He's actually, you know, I guess taking it. I don't know how you couldn't have taken it seriously then, but apparently he's taking it more seriously now. They've had a lot of extra, you know, coach meetings about this, about this game throughout the year. Like he's prepared. And like you said, eventually, maybe not this year, maybe not next year, eventually the shoe will drop. Whether it's by Jim Harbaugh or whoever they hire after this, eventually they will beat us. No doubt. When I hear stuff like that, it kind of, when there's whenever there's a storyline behind something, you know what I mean. You're like, you get, it gets you a little bit worried because I feel like the tide tends to shift that way. But I think it's gonna be it's gonna be difficult, and especially dude. Did you hear that uh, Harbaugh's only dressed in fifteen? No, what's that mean? Yeah, he's only dressed in fifteen, and apparently the rest of the team is gonna attempt to dress themselves. <laughs> Fair <laughs> enough. Oh, I had to get it in there. I'm sorry. I wish my anxiety wouldn't get the better of me during Michigan week because I really want to enjoy it more, but I'm just, I'm, you know, there's a lot on the line. And I mean, typically there always is a lot on the line, but mainly more for Ohio State. Um, I think the one good thing we have in our favor is that there's a lot on the line for Michigan too. You know, they can't just play, you know, super risky and everything. They're, they have to stay within kind of the realm of their game plan because they still have a lot on the line here as well. I'll, I'll say this, okay? If I can take my pessimism aside and I can assume that we are going to continue our offensive production and the improved defense moving forward, I mean, I can very easily see us winning this game by 20 points plus. And okay. I think that, and I don't think that's far fetched at all. Well, before but, we get into that, I know we're not going to court. I think we're headed there. Go on. Uh, go ahead. I, I mean, I know we're not quite as score predictions, but I'm just saying, like, I know I did my best case scenario with uh, the Michigan State and Ohio State, even though I gave my score prediction, but I said best case scenario was something like 52-14. Uh, 
Yeah. We won that one fifty six seven. Uh, best case scenario, and I'll even just throw this one out here, like maybe like forty nine twenty one. I'm expecting okay. probably best case scenario. I'm not. I can't give you mine because we're gonna go over scores uh, here in a little bit, and uh, you know mine may possibly surprise you. Mine may, mine may be somewhere near that already. Your 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 best case scenario may be my normal scenario. <laughs> I like mean, and, but I mean that just goes to show that like you know that's how we take this week differently. But you know if we want to look on the other side of the ball. You know, I know we talked some on the Ohio State offense. Let's look on the Ohio State defensive side of the ball. And we are still not that far removed from that Penn uh, I'm sorry, the Purdue performance where Purdue was basically able to throw for over 450 yards and get almost kind of what they wanted if they could, you know, stay out of their own way and still scored 31 points on us. Now, given Purdue doesn't have the defense that Michigan has and we're able to move the ball all over them just like we needed to. So I think, you know, I don't I told you even last episode that I feel like the defensive performance against Michigan State was opportunistic in the fact that we got up so early quick that we forced them to try to abandon the run. I mean, even though I know we said we held um, Walker to only 25 yards, he only had six attempts because they had to kind of bail on the run early on and we forced them one dimensional. So if we can do that similar thing to Michigan, then I feel very confident in what we're going to be able to do because they're not a, an elite passing team that is going to be able to, you know, they're they're not built to come back. So if yeah. we can get them down early, we're fine. Now, we are built to come back. However, um, we've proven the one time that we really did need to come back, we didn't do it. Now, I understand we're a different team from that the second week, but, you know, I still th- I still favor Ohio State in this matchup, even in my worries. But I just you know anything can happen. Yeah, anything can happen, dude. But I'll tell you this, dude. Purdue and Michigan, I do not fear McNamara. I do not feel like if we shut down the run and force him to pass. Now I will say this: he's 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 a what decent about, what quarterback. About, what about Tate Forcier? He's scary. Yeah. <laughs> <Or> Shea Patterson. <laughs> Shea Patterson. Yeah. A Michigan quarterback has not scared me in recent history. I'll put it like that. The only one that made me nervous was uh, their running quarterback there in the early 2000s or mid-2000s. What was his name? Oh. You know who I'm talking about. I hate when you do this live because then I can't well, I'm sorry. look it up. We we know who we're talking about, though. But, yeah, you know, we know who we're talking about. But, but um, that's, that's typically where Ohio State has struggled is with mobile quarterbacks, and that's kind of what, you know, Oregon was early in the year and uh, Nebraska mobile quarterback. You know, stuff like that. Um, even Penn State mobile quarterback. See, yeah, exactly. But here's my thing, dude. He's not a Sean Clifford. He's an average quarterback. Sean Clifford, I would consider an above average quarterback. I would too. This guy, I'm, I'm just not, I'm just not there. I, I really think if we can force him to pass, I'm all about that. Let's force him to pass. I really don't think they can beat us that way. If they do not stick with the Michigan game plan of staying balanced on, uh, balanced on offense, splitting the run. And the pass, I think that they're going to fail miserably. And, uh, you know, I think that's where we're headed. Dude, I have the utmost confidence. If there's one thing I have confidence in, you know, on the defensive side of the ball, it's our run stopping. 100%, dude. We, we, we're we killing it this year. And I really don't think this is going to be any different this year. Dude, you got to think about it. The guy we just the guy we just shut down last week was in the running for the Heisman, dude. Right. I, mean, and, and, and I understand what you're saying. And we did. He had a he had a, a decent 10, 15 yard run somewhere in the first quarter. 
and he tried to get going, but we got him down early so much that they really weren't able to utilize him for that type of comeback. So that's the thing, like I was saying, if this game stays close, then they're going to continue to be able to use their running game efficiently. Um, And it's not like they're going to pop off a big run, like I'm saying, but I'm saying they're going to be able to continue to get first downs, continue to eat up the clock because they're in the, I think they're top almost 10 nationally in time of possession. And that's another thing that worries me is that, you know, then we're going to be forced to have to score seven every time we get the ball to try to get ahead of them if we're getting limited possessions. Cause I don't think we're going to get, you know, seven, eight possessions in the first half. Like we did the last couple games. I, I don't see that either. And they're just like, like we talked about, they're just too far. They're balanced. They're going to run the ball. They're going to eat up clock. They're going to attempt to anyways. Um, you know, yeah, I don't, I don't see that happening at all, but I really do think that we're going to come out. I think we're going to score early, man. I really do. I, I really don't see us coming out flat in this game. I don't. I agree. I don't think we come out flat. Um, if anything, maybe we're a little too overamped and make some simple mistakes, not based on being flat, maybe being too anxious, you know, maybe some early penalties, uh, maybe just, I don't know, maybe trying to fight for extra yards and Michigan's going to be looking to strip the ball. Like these are just simple things like Dude, I, would, I would take that any day over coming out flat. I'll take it. Yeah, I understand what you're saying, but it's almost kind of like, you know, I guess if I was in that locker room and if I was coach day. And there's no way to sit there and say this is like any other game. I understand that. But you'd have to sit there and be like, listen, we play our style of football. We do our thing. Even though I want, you know, this is a big game against a big opponent. Do what we've practiced. Do what we've worked on. Don't sit there and feel like you've got to run the extra mile just because it's them. Like, just do your thing. We are that good, that in sync. Play your game. And I'm assuming he's going to be saying that stuff because, you know, one thing we haven't even mentioned, too, it's been several years since there's been some big brouhaha that's been on the field because you never know if Michigan's going to try to instigate something to try to get Ohio State players to react or get them kicked out of the game. I mean, you recall Jesus. what? You remember that? Remember the one time they made us come out of the same tunnel together? Oh, yeah. That was about the dumbest thing I've ever seen. Why would you or, do <laughs> or what was the year that Michael Hall gave the double middle double finger bird? up to the, yeah, the double bird? That's when after Listen, the. In fairness, everybody deserved that. <laughs> they did. Of course they did. But I'm just saying, you know, that's the finicky stuff that I can see happening and that can try to, you know, little game with inside the game. Now, you know, I, I, I'm trying to promote our podcast on Twitter, right? So I follow a lot of other Ohio State things and I get to read quite a bit. And one thing they were posting was a message board um, that was something that was uh, shared you know, from a, a Michigan message board, right? Michigan fans are posting to this thing and somehow it got out and they're literally, I wish I could read it verbatim. I won't be able to find it live right now, but basically it was this. They're like, I don't care if we have to go up into the stands and punch CJ Stroud's crack whore mom. If we have to like, you know, stab them out on the field. I don't care if half our players and coaches go to jail. I said, we will hurt them and blah, 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 and all this other stuff, and then gave their score prediction 38-34 Michigan. <laughs> I'm like, so you mean <laughs> to tell me you're going to go up in the stands and punch CJ Stroud's mom, and you're going to late hit them, and then when you bring in your subs, you're going to late hit again and do all this other stuff and give all these penalties and stab players and still win by four? Yeah, so they know that they're they're facing superiority here. Yeah, you, you, you see them losing their crap. Now, they're trying to stay positive, like, oh, I can see this being a close game. And realistically... You know, if I could kind of get out of my own head, this really shouldn't be a game. It shouldn't. 
but it's the rivalry. Like we say, we throw stats out, we throw records out, and who knows what could possibly happen. I mean, we've seen two good offensive performances. I mean, does that mean who we really are now, or are we do for another you know, subpar offensive game plan? I mean, it was only oh, three God, weeks ago God. against Nebraska. Let me tell you something, dude. Michigan has been acting up for two years, and Daddy's about home for more, okay? I'm telling you right now. I've always been this way, dude. It's it's this it's this game, dude. It does it to me. It's an overconfidence thing. I'm telling you, man, we are taking them behind the woodshed Saturday, and I'll see you guys there. Let me tell you what I want to see, okay? In, yeah. in all seriousness, I want to see Ryan Day back up what he said. And if it's proven early in this game that we can move the ball at will and score, I want him to run that score up. I want him to run it up, and I want him to be going for two in the second half when we're like, you know, have it easily in hand, I want him scoring as much as humanly possible. Um, I understand, you know, for player safety, he might try to be smart with that if it's a complete blowout, but I want him running the score up. He was quoted saying he's going to try to drop 100 on Michigan. He didn't get the opportunity last year. He's got the opportunity this year. So I hope he comes in with that same, you know, aggressive mindset game plan to run this score up. The only thing that I feel like is going to be anything different is that, you know, you know, people telling me that uh, that hairball is like, you know, having extra meetings and coming up with stuff. I think we're going to see a lot of stuff from them we don't see on film. I think they're going to throw the kitchen sink at us. I think they're going to try some trick plays, some, you know, what I mean, like, like they usually do. I think that we're going to see some stuff we haven't seen on film with them. And, you know, maybe they catch us off guard on one or two. And that that's kind of like when we talk about score predictions, like I kind of factor that in a little bit because I just feel like. This week breeds that kind of stuff. So right. I'm fully well, and, expecting it. And that's also a team that is of lesser talent is going to have to pull some tricks out of their sleeve to try to find some way to even the playing field. I mean, I did read an article where Ohio State coaches are aware that Michigan does some extra tricky stuff on special teams quite a bit. So they're aware of some of the film. Now, of course, I guarantee, like you said, they're going to see some things that haven't been put on field yet that are literally in just the Ohio State Michigan playbook. Just like Ohio State, you're going to see some things from Ohio State. Like at what point this year, not that I'm saying we should, but at what point this year have you seen us run a reverse or a halfback pass or anything kind of finicky like that? You haven't, right? That's the thing, though. I mean, I'm not saying we should because our offense is good enough. We don't need to do that stuff. But I guarantee there's going to be some plays in there. You know, kind of like when we saw last year when we played Clemson, you know, how many of those plays, like my favorite one was the one where Justin Fields rolled out all the way to the left, the whole defense went over, and then he just stopped, turned like nine degrees, like <laughs> like the water boy, when all of a sudden he like starts that grin, like that's right, I'm going to throw it the other way, there you know, go. and just threw it right over to a wide open tight end. Like I, I can see us pulling some plays kind of like that, you know, that are high percentage that they've not seen on film and it's going to be tough to defend, but. At the end of the day, you know, if I can really take out my worry, I think this game should be won handily, and it should be a 20-point win. Should be. Let's do this, man. Before we get in the score, let's talk about what we're doing for prop bets this week. So I know we still have that argument uh, about last week's prop bet. We'll probably address that sometime in the future because uh, we've been talking a little bit about maybe making an episode out of that. I know it sounds kind of weird, but there's some interesting stuff that we've – you know, kind of, uh, I guess, uncovered in the stats last week that maybe something was missed. Maybe it wasn't. Um, and just, just so everybody's clear, my counsel has advised me not to speak on the matter as it's still an open investigation. 
Okay, so I won't say anything either. <laughs> you know, we, we don't want to tarnish the open investigation. But for this week, we wanted to simplify it. You know, um, we don't want to sit here and make three different uh, prop bets and best out of three wins. And, you know, we just simply went, okay, let's go closest on your score prediction wins the prop bet this week. And the loser has to drive to the other person's house to watch if we make the playoff, the first semifinal game. So for me, that includes an, a two-plus-hour drive up to Columbus, or for you, that includes a two-plus-hour drive down to Kentucky. Yeah, so basically, for those of you who haven't figured it out yet, what we're doing is making an excuse for both of our wives for one of us to have to leave to go watch football with the other one. So it's a win-win either yeah, way. It's a win-win either way. <laughs> and we don't have to worry about them calling us out on it because we know they don't listen to the podcast. They've never heard a word we said about anything on here. No, which is, which they, is could a good care, thing. they could care less what we're talking about. But the other good thing is, uh, you know, when we when that does happen, we have the opportunity to do another video podcast, which will be sweet. Absolutely. Especially for uh, hopefully a semifinal matchup. But again, listen, I'm not going to count my eggs before they're hatched. We still have got a really big matchup this week and then potentially another big matchup the, the following week. So we got to take care of business this week. All right, so let's do it, man. Score predictions. What do you got? I'm going to make you go first. Okay, so my score prediction is also going to mirror some of my hesitant, uh, my hesitance about this matchup and maybe not as realistic, but maybe a little bit safer, but I'm going 38-27 Buckeyes. I think we do cover the spread, but not by much, and I think it feels close most of the way, but I'm going to go 38-7 Buckeyes. Okay, I, um, I can see that. Honestly, I can see that. You know, as much as I, I like to be overconfident about this week, because that's just the way I am, um, I, I can see it. I can see it being close. I mean, dude, how many games over history have we, has this has this game been decided by less than a score or, you know, a, a last second play or anything? So I can definitely see that, especially in this game. But I am going to stick kind of a little bit right along with what I'm thinking. And, you know, I think you had the 27 right. I have 27 as well for Michigan. I'm going 45-27 Buckeyes. And I think that's with us calling the dogs off in the fourth quarter. So I think that we come out. I think we fire on all cylinders. I think it evens out a little bit. Maybe it's a little closer towards halftime. I think we pull away in the third quarter, and we're playing backups in the fourth. Go Bucks! I like that, and I agree. If we play well, I think yours is a lot more likely. Um, I think mine is under the assumption that it's going to be tough sledding, and – uh, with the game being tight and some of these players not playing at Michigan, I mean, you know, as much as we never want to give them credit, they have a humongous stadium, uh, one of the top three in, in the entire uh, country um, in regards to the size and how many fans are going to have. And I know it's going to be loud and rocking, but if we can find a way to shut them up early, man, I, I can definitely see yours being a lot more plausible, but. You know, we'll just have to wait and see. Now, the one thing before we sign off on this is we didn't get a chance to talk about our best Michigan memory. Yeah, best Michigan memory. Um, So <laughs> I'm going to let you go first because I already know what yours is. Hit me with it. Yeah, so back in 2006, uh, it's when Troy Smith's Heisman year. Um, the game was at home. We were ranked one. Michigan was ranked two. Both teams unbeaten. Okay? And... Uh, I had been to a couple Ohio State games before, but obviously never an Ohio State-Michigan one. And just so happened that my brother um, decided for my birthday that year 
that he was going to get his girlfriend to give me her student ticket. And then we got it upgraded to a general admission. And in the t- also, what we did was uh, he actually had surgery on his foot and he was in a wheelchair for a little bit. So we got temporary handicap parking and handicap seating in the shoe that day. So our handicap parking was like literally 20 yards away from game day. So we were tailgating 20 yards away from game day, you know, having a blast. It's the last time I believe the the game was actually played at 3.30. So we go into the game, and because he's in a wheelchair, we are just off the first row of seats in the walkway right on the closed-in part of the horseshoe on the goal line. So I'm talking prime seats for the Ohio State Michigan game, and of course we end up coming out on top 42-39 in what was called the game of the century. I got two big old panoramic Uh, photos of that game on my wall and one of them I can even point out where I'm sitting so by far that was my best Ohio State Michigan uh, moment for me okay so I'm gonna uh, while I kind of mirror that because I mean dude as a Buckeye fan if that's not one of your favorite Michigan or Michigan moments then I, I don't know what would be just to go a little bit different I'm gonna go the national title year um we played a really crappy Michigan five and six but the best thing was was that was the game I don't know if you remember or not that was the game that JT went down, broke his mm-hmm. ankle, and left the game, and Cardale came in. And that started the tear all the way to the national title game. And not only did we end up winning the national title, but I don't know if you remember this or not, like three days after that game, they fired Brady Hoke. So yeah. like, not only did we cost them the game, not only did we end up winning a national title, but we got their coach fired. And I loved every minute of it, dude. I yeah, but was Brady, wanna... Hoke, was Brady Hoke ever even really their coach? I mean, that I mean, seems like a blip on the radar, doesn't it? I mean, he stood there. <laughs> he had their gear on. Like, does that count? I mean, does that, yeah, does that even count? <laughs> but I, I mean, do, they were probably just giving him free meals and telling him to show up. Dude, Give him a it, whistle. Yeah, it, it was just the feeling of that game. I remember like when JT went down, and I know that everybody felt this way. I go, well, there goes the season. Like, that's what I thought. But then, dude, we just came out. I mean, it was like a resurgence. I don't know what it was, man, that year, but it was just something in the air, man. And that was the start of it all. And it's something that I'll never forget because, well, you know, personally for you, you know, my sister passed away that year. So a lot of emotion was going on. Like, actually, literally, like my sister's showing was like during when we, it was, was just a really game. weird year. It was the yeah. Oregon game, but I know what you're saying. Oh, yeah, the Oregon game. Yeah. But yeah. there was just like this, it was just this feeling in the air. I couldn't explain it. I, I don't know. But, so for me, that will always, you know, live inside me that that uh, that year. Yeah, man, I I can't soon forget that year either. That was it. It was man, that was a tough year for you. It was a tough year for me. You know, kind of reliving that through you. But you know, it it was it was kind of like a, I mean, what do they say? Like a, a surreal moment, all all in one, a mixed emotion. I mean, the highest of high and the lowest of low all at the same time, but. Oh, and it was great because a couple of my buddies, I, I know you remember this, that I, I served in the Marine Corps with, uh, Clayton and, and Mike, um, they came down from uh, North Carolina and New Jersey, respectively, uh, for my sister's uh, funeral. And afterwards, they went out to watch the game. So so they're from two places. They're in Jersey and in North Carolina, where just to be honest, football's not like it is here in Columbus. So... They went out like on the town on campus to watch the Ohio State game. And they were telling me the day after, like, dude, it was nuts. 
there were like people standing up on tables and yelling, people drunk, people beer bonging, people, you know, doing all this kind of stuff. They go, dude, it is crazy. I go, yeah. Imagine what it's like when we actually play a game here. Like right. it's it's freaking wild. So it was it was just kind of cool, man. Like the whole the whole you know experience for for everybody. But go back to uh, one versus two in the shoe. Um, man, I, I can remember, dude. I can remember during that game, people out in my neighborhood running out in the middle of the street after the game was over, screaming and yelling. And my ne- my next door neighbor set off his alarm system, like just set yeah. it off. Like the hell with the hell with ADT. Like <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, yeah, man, what a what a good time, dude! So many memories come from this game, and and I'm super pumped, dude, for Saturday. I think uh, we're gonna pull out the leather belt and s- send him over, Ernie. Man, I hope you're right, and I really hope that our next podcast we are sitting here celebrating a huge win and another continued uh, repeat of an unbeaten streak against that team up north. And I'll be honest. I mean, I've been wanting to say it all week, but I'm going to say it right here live for everyone. F*** Michigan. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? That's going to be – I'm going to tell you this much now, but that's going to be the only one that I'm going to keep for the season. I will beef it, but I will keep it. <laughs> oh, absolutely keep it. <laughs> and I mean, if you bleep it out, great. If you don't bleep it out, I mean, if I lose my job over that, well, it, 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 I guess deservedly so, but, you know. Yeah. <laughs> We're just, that's the way we're built with this rivalry, man. Anyone that wants to sit there and try to argue there's a better better rivalry, I can't even talk, I can't say that word. If there's a better one out there, I mean, I'm sorry. There's good ones out there, don't get me wrong, but there's nothing like this one. There isn't. And anyone that gets to fully experience it, whether they're a fan or a player or a coach, uh, is better off for it. Yep. So, uh, literally, like, uh, from us to you guys, X out all your M's. Enjoy your Thanksgiving with your family and loved ones, and get ready Saturday, man, because Saturday we go to war. Davis, tell them where they can find us. All right, guys, as always, uh, we're on all major streaming services, Spotify, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, and more, or YouTube Music, or whatever they call it now. You can also catch us on Facebook. We have a fan page there, and we also have our um, official page where we post a lot of our episodes, uh, other information. Uh, Sometimes we share articles, and sometimes we even look for uh, just – some fan input, you know, just to kind of get some reactions from you guys. So definitely give us a check out if you haven't already. And until next time, guys, go Bucks. OH. <laughs> <laughs>